welcome to It's More Than Academic. I am your host, Nancy Barkin, the Assistant Principal of Instruction here at Cardinal Gibbons High School. Last year, we introduced you to our amazing department chairs, and we talked to them about what makes Gibbons a leader in providing an outstanding college prep education to generations of Triangle students. This year, we are excited to share airtime with an equally amazing group of Gibbons educators who engage, connect, and guide our students outside the classroom. From members of our college counseling and technology departments to our librarians, these educators help empower our students to reach their highest potential and become agents of their own future. I am here with our Director of Technology, Leslie Coe. Leslie joined Gibbons in October of 2012 she actually came to us at a time where we were in the midst of a renovation and expansion. We doubled our footprint and renovated much of our space. I don't think anybody was better suited for this job than Leslie. She came in, saved the day with our internet at the time. And through all of these years, there has been innovation and incredible creativity with technology. So welcome Leslie Coe. Thank you. This is a really big question and I know it would be hard to answer, but when you think of the last five years, which was 2015, and in 2015 you and I launched Vision 2020, who and what and where do we want to be in 2020, what would you say are some of the biggest changes or improvements in technology on on our campus in the last five years? You're right. That's a really large, <laughs> wonderful question. But what's so funny is the part you touched on, which is the exact part that I noted that I wanted to make sure we addressed today or talked about, is it's not so much about the change in technology alone. It, it was actually for us never about the technology. It was that we sat down and said, to a group of educators, to ourselves, what should a Cardinal Gibbons graduate look like? And what should that experience be for that student? And I think that when I first met you and came to the school, one of the things that was appealing to you was my background as a classroom educator. And it gave me a different lens when I looked at the school to think, how can we design a technology program that best supports the instruction that we want to achieve on this campus? And how can we look at those two things together all the time? So how has it changed the last five years? I think we're longer than that. It, I would say that we are at a vision realized. We knew that we wanted kids to have a device. We knew that we wanted to provide opportunities for our educators to expand their classrooms. And we wanted people to be stewards of their own technology. And I think we've done all of those things. And gotten us to where we <laughs> job done job done and podcast over yep. right we did what we set out to do and we at the time we just we set really tangible metrics what do we want for our educators what experience do we want for our students and how do we achieve that and we set that along the way and to me one of the most valuable things i learned in that time was if we guided all of those decisions based on the mission of this school, then we would achieve those things. Which is why I absolutely, when you and I met for that interview and you always spoke as a teacher first, 
it was hands down the first time in all of my years working with somebody in these positions that that was a voice I had never heard. Um, so appealing to me because I knew that I was going to have to work very closely with you <laughs> if we were going to do anything right for teachers and kids. You know, I remember you and I talking about, because we put together, what, 25 people to talk about a device? We did, oh, the, we did the focus groups on the device, and I think it drove everybody crazy that we wouldn't start with the device. The device. Gosh. And it, it, it was so, it was frustrating. It was a really frustrating process to say we're not going to, we didn't know what the device was going to be, and we weren't going to let the device dictate our conversation. We were letting instruction dictate the conversation. And I think for anyone who went on that journey with us would say now still, we absolutely ended where we didn't think we would, where we didn't think we would end from our beginning. No. Um, I didn't think that we would have been able to pull off 1,600 laptops in the hands of kids on this campus effectively. Um, I just didn't think that we could do it. Frankly, from a technical standpoint, nobody at the time thought a Windows laptop was going to work out. <laughs> uh, oh, the days. So, well, for anyone listening, the reason for that. <laughs> but, um, technically speaking, a Windows laptop is actually the hardest to maintain and manage. Uh, there were a lot of easier things we could have chosen. My job would have been, I, I can't even describe how much easier uh, if we had chosen a Chromebook or an iPad, like the management, the technical side of that would have been actually a lot lighter on the school, um, on me in particular, but it wasn't the right instructional choice. Um, and that's the thing I very much appreciate about how we make our decisions is it's instruction first. And it doesn't matter if it's the harder workload, if it's the harder choice, it's the right choice and that's what we do. And it was the right choice for our educators, our math, educators, our arts educators wanted the ability to write on and touch a screen and we couldn't provide that without providing multiple other devices. How do you think technology and the services and the support you give has adapted to meet the needs of students and educators in the last six to eight months? So our, my team has had this vision that we would be able to get all students and educators to what I would call a self-service technology model. Um, I don't think every student or educator is going to leave here um, you know, with a career as a tier three IT technician. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite what I mean, but I, I think part of our commitment to students is that when they graduate this school, that they can do what we would call tier one tech support. They understand that running updates, restarting their computer, that there are some self-service things that you can do to take care of your device, your cell phone, your computer, any of those things require some level of care. And it's always been our goal through the STARS program that we would teach that by having students prior to COVID approach the STARS desk to ask for help and state things like, hey, here's the things I've done. I need some help doing this part can you show me? And to get people to where they could self-advocate and students to do that rather than having their parent contact us to say their computer's not working. We want students to be able to articulate what's happening. So I think that's a sort of a global skill that we can foster through technology. 
what this has allowed us to do is in our longer vision, we were getting ourselves to a place where we could use software to be sort of a self-service model as well. Meaning, if a student enrolled in any particular course at the school, there would be some kind of portal or online opportunity to download and install the software that they need for those courses. Not software that we would preload for them and give them maybe more than they needed that could maybe occupy some of the computer space and whatnot. Um, I would say that for us, pre-March, I would have said to you that that was about a year, year and a half, maybe even two years out to where <laughs> we were going to have a truly functional self-service software portal where students can get the software they need, where they can perform paperclip resets on their devices. Like we were building that knowledge base and that experience, but I, I would have told you that was two years out to say that we've achieved that. We have now achieved that. Um, we managed to remotely wipe all of the computers this summer and get them updated and managed in a way that I didn't think was possible till next summer. We had plans to bring them in and collect them like we had previous summers and then we were going to set them up this way, but we were still going to do a lot of different things for students. But because at that time we didn't know how COVID was transmitted, we were unsure about touching devices and we didn't want to bring 16 to 1800 devices into the building and then rely on volunteers to touch all of them. It just didn't make sense. So we found a way to do it remotely. And then I have never seen so many STARS emails come in. Like people know where to go and how to make appointments for help, how to get online and find the resources they need. The absolute joy. So, um, Fun fact, I actually subscribe to all the tech request emails. Oh, that's your fun fact? That's my fun fact. <laughs> Maybe we should delete that. <laughs> um, I keep my eye on them just so I get a pulse of the school, so I understand, like, what are common patterns? Is this something we could be addressing more globally? Uh, my team looks at them and says, hey, you know, I've seen some, like, six kids have had this problem. Does anybody have any ideas so we can send something out on Twitter or things like that? But the reason I look at them is because I also get this other joy when a kid submits a request and we send them a reply of all the things they can try and do. And what I'm starting to see now is a reply from a student that's like, hey, that worked. Thanks. Like, like you see the actual excitement with the little exclamation points and they are feeling a sense of achievement in their own troubleshooting because they were able to follow the instructions that we're sending that that wouldn't have happened without it wouldn't have happened yet but you had you did something super creative leslie talk about how kids if something happened with their device that you couldn't that we couldn't troubleshoot remotely because by the way happy listeners we had a plan in place that um, our um, IT support could actually uh, troubleshoot somebody's laptop remotely. So if that didn't work, what did you have in place with a local company? <laughs> so um, one of the things that, uh, if you remember, you and I started doing in early March, actually. Yes. What was that? Was... <laughs> I don't remember. Last oh, week, Leslie. I know. Okay. So what happened is we started watching the trends very quickly. As, as we all know, COVID um, shutdowns developed rapidly across the country. Yes. Very rapidly. 
And we actually, through some collaboration with some colleagues in the West Coast as well as the Northeast. Oh, right. It was kind of like I, we saw what was coming. And I, we started to learn very quickly from what they were doing and how they were doing things. So that, that was really where I was taking a lot of my initial like awareness of this looks like this is coming for us. And even if it doesn't, this is going to be good work to have a plan for this. Right. And we started writing plans. In February. In late February. Yeah. Early March. And Because I know, I went to the NCTIES conference and I came back and I spent the whole weekend writing plans. Yeah. And that's like March 4th. Like I know when we got like active about that. So we did two things that really mattered. And it's the same things we did five years, eight years ago. Is we wrote instructional plans and we wrote technical plans and we wrote them side by side. So we had plan A, plan B, plan C, or tier one, tier two. Yeah, okay, I remember now. Tier three, right? But they're never done it. I was writing the technical plans and making plans, but you were making academic plans and we were in contact, so we always knew that those things would align. So our technical could still always support our instruction. And that's the thing we still do super well. So what did I do in that time? I worked with you. The other thing I did is I realized also that at some point a device needs to be physically surfaced. Like we, we can do some remote troubleshooting. We implemented ways to remote into computers and we established a tech buddy system. Yep. And what we did for that was we made a schedule and someone from the tech department had a maybe a three hour shift and someone else from Cardinal Gibbons High School was just their second person on the shift. And what that did is it made sure that when we were in a kid's computer and working with a kid, we always had someone else in the room with us. And that someone else was also learning just by observation about what are things that they can do with computers, which then set us up for later success and advisory and future return yeah. plans. Uh, so that was... We were super sneaky we were, that. we were. We were very intentional. <laughs> Um, of how we partnered people so you were just present but then by being present you learn so we did that you open a ticket we tell you some things you can do if we must remote troubleshoot we did that um, and then the final piece we did is we reached out to some local companies that were implementing COVID protocols and staying open during the shutdown because they were essential businesses and since they were essential businesses we were able to secure drop-off locations if people needed to have a computer repaired. That was awesome. So that repairs can continue to happen even though the school was shut down and we couldn't provide that service on this campus. You had a place to take your computer and get it serviced and actually in some scenarios we dropped off loaner computers at student homes. And uh, for the listeners out there, Leslie has something, um, she has it on her wall. She also probably has a number of these digitally, uh, something that we call Leslie's List. And it's this wish list of things that she wants. And I, you know, when she talked about how through COVID they were able to do remote updates and uh, all kinds of things that we normally kids had to bring their devices in for that they did it in, within three to four months as opposed to one to two years that was part of Leslie's list this wish list when I think about what our 
our number one priority is when I think about Leslie's list moving forward. Can you speak a little bit about that? Or did I just literally put you on the spot? You know, a little on the spot's good. <laughs> well, I think it's, well, here's why. Here's why I'm bringing this up, is that I think it's yeah. important because if, when students give us feedback, especially on the most recent survey, the kids talk to us about how hard it is to navigate seven different classes worth of digital content. And as much as I try to talk to them about, hey, when you think about those of you who are Apple users, like when you think about your apps and how you organize your home screen and how you organize folders on your on your on your phone, recognize that teachers are teaching all different kinds of content. So they're trying to do the same thing. So that should hopefully set you up to answer this successfully about your number one thing that we're looking at in terms of our future. One of the things that is on Leslie's list is for us to be able to have a more cohesive learning management system experience for our students and our educators. And that's something we've actually, we, we talked about back in 2012, 2013, 2014, and we've every year, every year <laughs> since, but we've continually tabled it because we weren't ready. And when I say we weren't ready, I don't mean that we are not capable or competent. It just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time because things were not cohesive enough for that to make sense to people. They didn't have enough of a situation. One of the largest um, mistakes in educational technology is we take an amazing product, um, and an ed tech company can make an amazing product, and it may very well be that, but we just roll it out and say to teachers, this is amazing, therefore you must use it. And that's not actually that helpful. People, whether it's an ed tech product, whether it's a new recipe, whatever it is for them, they need to have a need, an innate desire to use that product. So if they don't see an immediate application for that software in their classroom that minute, it's not worth their time. It's, it's just not worth their time to learn it because they want to spend their time designing better lessons for their students. So we have to create a little bit of that need. In order to create the need and have it be sustainable, we also have to have common language. And common language in the way we talk about designing courses, online learning, blended learning, and what do those things look like in and out of the classroom? Well, again, thanks to COVID, that language is here. We can now all talk about Zoom and other ed tech tools that we have accessible and Teams and OneNote and Padlet and Go Formative, and we can talk about those things and everyone in the room has heard about them and seen their value out of sheer necessity. It's now a necessity that we have a way to organize content that is both good for classroom educators and for students and families and, and we're there and we're exploring that and we're going to do it in a Gibbons way, which is the best way for our community. Yeah, so folks, to translate that, just a, just, sorry, just a scope. <laughs> when Leslie Coe talks about a learning management system, you want to think about those teacher web pages. So then what do you see is like the future? Okay, so again, 
part of you and I are going to work super closely on yeah. that LMS feature and what that looks like for teachers and students. Um, is there other things that you're that again when I think of your Leslie list, you kind of went ahead, like you just cross things off. So so what's next? I think we're going to be doing a little bit of a overhaul on our website again. Yeah. You know, it is my my goal is to make sure that the way every single I, I believe this thing um, if you walk into the Cardinal Gibbon High School lobby <laughs> okay so you were so walking into our lobby was that experience we want when they okay. go to our web page not just our web page I want every login every everything from like the, the tiniest Welcome to Gibbons letter to all the way to log in and become a Gibbons alumni relative. I want that to all feel that good all of that time. So I'm going to do all of the things I can in our systems and our boring back end. <laughs> Thank you so much, Leslie. I really appreciate you yeah. taking the time to talk to me. Have a great day and thanks so much.